Welcome to the Bossy Bruja podcast. I'm Ayodeli Fuega. You can find me online at bossybruja.com. You can find me on Instagram at Bossy Bruja. Today, I have my good friend, Sage Scottis Dotor, and she is going to be sharing with us a little bit about her path, her background, and we're going to be getting into some juicy details about Appalachia. So I'm excited about that. Sage is a folkish heathen magic practitioner. She enjoys farming, history, handcrafts, and photography. She is helping to lead the January Wholeness Challenge, addressing topics relating both to physical and mental health for the magical practitioners. Sage started practicing at the age of 12, and she stayed in the broom closet for six years, except that one time when her sister heard her doing a ritual in her bedroom closet at midnight. I want to hear about this. And (laughs) her sister was certain that she was performing a black mass. The witch hunting fever of Salem came flooding into her mind as her sister and mother addressed her the next morning. And it was from that point on that she became dedicated to helping find a way to help everyone understand the role of magic in daily life. That's amazing. I need to hear about this, this ritual you were doing. And are you talking about the young sister, the blonde that I saw on a, a picture on your page? Yes, yes. That's my sister, Hannah. And she's 17 months younger than me. So at this time, when I had gotten into um, witchcraft, I was 12 years old, we were sharing a room. And one night, like it was kind of risky for me, it was very secretive in my household um, that I was doing this, like I, I couldn't tell anyone. So one night, I had read a spell and I was trying to do it like by the book exactly as it was written. And it said you had to start it at the stroke of midnight. I thought, okay, that's good. My sister's always asleep. And we had a pretty big closet. It was a double closet. I thought, well, I guess I got to go in there. I was literally in the broom closet, like doing this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And I had my candles. I had my herbs. Like, and you're supposed to walk. Ritual actually called for like walking Wittershins and like out loud, like chanting. So I was trying to quietly do all this, but I heard my sister stir and she like, called my name and she's like hello and I just froze I was so quiet and she opens the closet and sees me and the candle with like a kitchen steak knife I'm just like oh shit like <laughs> and the look of horror on her face oh my gosh I still can't forget it we laugh about it now but it was funny good does she practice now no she's actually very devoutly Christian and we respect each other's practices um, she just told me the other day, like, you know, we believe differently, but I'm very proud of who you are. And, you know, her faith works for her. Mine works for me. Beautiful. I love it. And you identify as a heathen. So what exactly is that? And how does it identify or how is it different from uh, being a witch? Okay. Um, well, heathenism, um, by definition, it is a practice that does not adhere to a widely held religion like Christianity, Judaism, Islamic, etc. Um, But for me personally, I feel like that even goes a bit further than that. And it means that I do not participate in any religious practice, uh, practice, but I am still natively spiritual. Um, So this is differently or different from being a witch because it relates to the practice of how you demonstrate your spirituality, whereas being a witch is more of a lifestyle. Um, So you will have heathen witches, you know, you'll have Wiccan witches, you even have Christian witches. Um. But being a witch, I think, means you recognize your magic and being a heathen helps dictate why you practice it. Right. So I know that you, do you still identify as a witch? I'm assuming you do. 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel that the term witch is descriptive of someone who perceives their magic of their surroundings and then you harness those energies. So you use those to facilitate and guide your own innate power, which hopefully you are also aware of. (laughs) And I also believe that the term witch Uh, It does have very strong connections to the natural world and honoring the sentience of all creatures and forces. So, you know, I feel just strongly compelled to do that. So celebrating solstices, equinoxes, cross quarters, and utilizing the cycles of the moon, those are all just a very natural structure that I do tune into and focus my magic on. Beautiful. And you started when you were 12. I started when I was 12 too, uh, but I started with a Bible. <laughs> so I didn't have wow. all of like the candles and herbs and things until I was in my early 20s, actually. So how did you get into magic? <laughs> this is one of those um, kind of long stories. So I would definitely say it was, it wasn't like boom and awakening or anything like that necessarily, just because Um, For me, I kind of always perceived life in a very magical way. So I really can't remember a time when I was not interacting with like the fae folk or just going outside under the stars and having my breath taken away and thinking all these philosophical thoughts, you know, Um, and I would contribute or attribute this awareness. Okay. Um, so I was just um, explaining that, you know, I'd spent a lot of time in nature. I was always very aware of it. So to me, this just felt very magical. You know, I was just raised with an awareness of it, kind of, I would say, like at the edge of society. So magic was like a way of life to me. Um, but let's see, I remember the time in my life when I became drawn to witchcraft as a practice, but I don't remember the specific moment. So I do know that I discovered it when I was given free use of the school computers in my school library. Um, I had a hard time in school, of course, because I just was so different from all the kids. Um, So I used to always ask my teacher if I could go to the library and I would just read and read and read. And then at some point, I realized that I had read all the books that I would be interested in. So I looked at one of the computers and I was like, you know what, I'll just get on there. And I think I was probably looking for information about herbs, reading herbals. Um, That did used to be my favorite type of reading. And more than likely then, I probably stumbled across a web page that was talking about using herbs in magical spells. And mm. I know that you can probably relate to this, Ayodele, because <laughs> that was like borderline still in the dark ages of witchcraft. Yes. <laughs> YouTube had not yet been invented and MySpace was still brand new. <laughs> wow. Remember those like web pages where you would um, find info about the craft? It was like you were on someone's MySpace page almost. You get like a nice welcome banner that usually had like some sparkly stars or a steaming cauldron. It was all like 8-bit quality. And then the creator (laughs) of the page was introduced on the sidebar like Amethyst Silver Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. This was just like a whole new world to me. And I just made it up. I loved writing down the spells and the correspondences that I found on these web pages. And I really would be just as literal about those spells as I could. Mm. And I had no influences to necessarily want to do this. Like I had never, I didn't even know it existed. Like shows like Charmed or Sabrina the Teenage Witch because we didn't have TV at my house. So I just, whoa, no clue that this was a thing. I was just like, this is awesome. I guess it was a new way to just uh, use something I already had in my house, you know, all these herbs. Um, And then in the beginning, 
I was very young and eager to be guided. And so that made me very Wiccan since a lot of these sources I found were Wiccan. Mm -hmm. And then as I grew, you know, the way that most kids naturally will do in life, I learned my own path and I realized I did not necessarily resonate entirely with Wicca, but Um, That religion in particular, it is like a mama to me, and I still revere and love to occasionally um, participate in Wiccan practice sometimes. It's just kind of like coming home, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I love that. I never had a Wiccan stage. (laughs) I'm just learning, right? I'm just learning about Wicca as an adult. (laughs) Never had a Wiccan stage. Which is so, yeah. It was so, I never knew that there was like a witchy religion (laughs) until I was probably like 25 26 like it took a while so that's really cool all right so you said that you were raised with an awareness of the magic of nature how were you raised like tell me about your heritage and your family history and your your home life you didn't have a tv (laughs) we had a tv with like really basic channels but we really weren't allowed to watch it per se especially not when we were younger like when we got to being older teenagers we did but okay let me just like outline this a little bit better um I know you asked like what my heritage is. So um, that's like most people, I do have a very um, varied heritage. So I'm a combination of Eastern and Western European. Uh, My mother is Russian and we have our family lineage mapped out for a couple hundred years um, because her family actually was part of the nobility class, excuse me, in Russia. Um, So there actually is a written record of our family line. So Um, Our nationalities, they come from the modern regions of places like Ukraine, Poland, Bulgaria, Germany, France, and even Norway. (laughs) Norway. And then on my father's side, it's just very singular. They're Scottish. Um, My father's actually first generation American. And they hail from the sky. Yeah, so they actually, our ancestral home is still standing on the Isle of Skye. It's a little stone hut and everybody's names are carved in the back on a plaque. Wow. How fucking cool. Have you been there? No, I have not yet been there. I have a lot of um, pictures from the rest of my family who's been there and who still is there. You know, they'll send me photos and old letters and just all kinds of cool stuff, but not been there yet. I'm planning on it. You know, got to take that sojourn. (laughs) Why weren't you allowed to watch TV? Okay. So my father, he was first generation American and so was my mother. And my mother was actually an immigrant under unfortunate circumstances. And so her family was very poor. And my mom and my dad got married when my mother was 15. And my dad was 18. Wow. Yeah. And they were from a very, very small town. I'm talking like to this very day, 2019, they still only have like one road, one post office, one store and everybody like, like living like pioneers. I'm not even kidding. So when my parents started out on this like life of their own, that's like what they knew. So I was raised mm. almost in like a generation back. You know, I wasn't your typical 90s baby. Like we were still growing garden. Girl. Okay. So you were raised with a garden? I, that is so cool to me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I definitely was. <laughs> so that's how you got into farming, huh? <laughs> More I about that. I yeah. about that. Did you want me to go into that a little? Hell yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, growing up, we always had a garden. 
And that was just something we did, you know, like how most families will put their laundry away every time it's washed or people put on jackets when it's chilly. We just, we had a garden, you know, and that's how people um, live where I'm from. Like everybody has a garden. Everyone at least keeps a few plants. Um, So that's just something where, you know, in the summertime, it kind of helps the family because you're growing most of your fruits and vegetables that you're eating and your herbs. So it kind of helps save money because in our region, there's not a lot of money. Um, so I always grew up with a garden and I just loved it. I mean, my personal favorite section of the garden, um, was always the herbs because they just grew so fast and smelled so good. And I just loved all the harvested harvest where we would clip and then clean and then bundle and hang the herbs. And we hung them from the ceiling in a hallway um, next to my room. And I just love it, loved it. It just felt so right and so warm to me. And I feel like it was just my ancestors whispering their approval, you know? Yes. <laughs> when you're gardening and too, in my family, hunting was a big thing. Um, that's how we were able to eat a lot of our meat was hunting. Um, so, whoa, I, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I never actually like went out on any of the deer hunts. That was always something the men did, but when we we're hunting like pheasant and grouse. Like that was something I participated in. Um, but I loved all the food processing. It was like a, a ritual or a tradition in our family, you know, certain times a year, you just start the canning, the freezing, the veggies. And, um, even we'd have butchering day where we'd like clean and store hogs and deer and grouse and pheasants. So um, then, wow. Yeah. When I got older, you know, you move out and I think everybody, regardless of their upbringing, does this, you move out. It's a whole big world. And you're like, shit, I can do whatever I want. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I went out and did the moving around and the living all kinds of cool places and the going to all the parties. And that was great. But I just really realized I missed it so much. Like this way of living and having a garden and working with the earth to provide for myself. And ultimately I decided that I really like, I don't just want that the way I was raised on it. Like I want that in an expanded way. Like I want to be able to work with the earth to almost 100% provide for myself if possible. That is amazing. This, you know, this sheds so much light on on you as a, as a person because when I look at you I always think she's definitely not American <laughs> not and it's not just because of like the rune challenge you did last month and your ability to actually pronounce these words <laughs> which was kind of a dead giveaway like she's she's foreign <laughs> but <laughs> even though you're you know second gen you're you know you're raised by first generation yeah um, immigrants so but you do seem like you're from another time. You you seem like that. And that is so fucking cool to me. Um, it's definitely a source of like um, warmth and pride these days for me. But oh my gosh, when I was growing up, like I got so much hell for it. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like what is this weird girl in the prairie dress who farms shit do, talking about? Girl, listen. <laughs> It makes total sense, though, why you're so thorough and self-reliant and (laughs) such a hard worker. You can really tell. Your upbringing is very strong with you. Very strong. So I imagine you got into handcrafting things and making things when you were younger. Absolutely. What are some of the things you make now? Well, oh, my goodness. I just I like to do a little bit of everything. Um, So I've got my hobby side of things and then I've got my more business oriented side of things. 
So on the hobby side, I love to do historical crafts, like anything that feels like it's connected to my ancestors or just something that's been important throughout history. So like um, tablet weaving, woodworking, knitting, soap making, spinning and cleaning, sewing, candle making, quilting, like just all that, you know? Wow. Um, On the business side, though, I make teas, salves, hair and body oils, shampoos, smudge wands, incense, candles, rune sets. Like, oh my gosh, it just goes on and on. But you make rune sets? Yes. Yeah, I make rune sets. Amazing. And how can people purchase from you? Because I've wondered this. I'm like, where is this woman's website? <laughs> I can buy something. Well, right now, okay, so I do actually have an Etsy shop, and I do have a Facebook page, but um, my business has been on just a little bit of a hiatus, so my favorite way to stay in touch is through Instagram. Um, I do have a Sage Mountain Shop page, and if people direct message me, um, that's the best way to go about it, so um, kind of the way that this process works is that, you know, I'll receive a direct message requesting a specific spell or a product. And then I'll ask you like, well, what, what do you need it for? What's your intended use? And then I just kind of help like create something really custom. You know, um, I had a lovely, lovely lady by the name of Maddie come to me the other day and she was just interested in some smudge bundles. And I asked her what her situation was. We talked about it a little bit. I ended up doing a natal chart for her and everything, but we determined that it would Okay, so you said that you spoke to Maddie and you did you did a natal chart for her and then you determined. Okay, so I did a natal chart for for her. Um, so that kind of let me know like what kind of properties I should be imbuing these with. So of course, you know, if you're doing a cleansing ritual, cleansing that works for a Gemini might be different than cleansing that works for like a Scorpio, you know? So absolutely. Um, so I drew up the natal chart for her because she didn't know her signs. And that's fine. We are, we're all learning. But anyway, I determined it's a smudge wands and some of my banishing powder would be the best combination for her situation. So I'm working on that now. And as a result, I'm going to be creating a listing, which she'll then be able to make the purchase from there. So basically the process, reach out to me through a direct message on Instagram. I'll have a chat with you. I'll create a listing for you. And then it's business as usual. Perfect. And your Instagram name is Sage Mountain Shop. Yes, but there are underscores. So it's sage underscore mountain underscore shop. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So talk to me about your cousin, your girl gang, because I actually met you through Rhea Sage. Um, I know. She is Spooky Wood Witch <laughs> on Instagram, Rhea Sage on YouTube. I found Instagram, not Instagram, YouTube recommended um, her uh, Christianity to paganism um video to me and I watched her and I was like this girl is just so damn sweet and she has inspired a lot of the things that I am um, practicing now interested in and pursuing so she's had a huge impact on me in the last year including connecting me with you so talk to me about your co- I'm, I'm saying it's a coven would you consider it to be a coven can you talk to us about your witchy friends yes, of course <laughs> I love talking about them um so um we are not considered a coven I don't think I mean maybe a lot of people on the outside would look at us and say okay no girl you are a coven <laughs> we don't consider ourselves that we just consider it to be a sisterhood so we're all coming together with the agreement that we believe differently we practice differently and we follow different creeds. 
However, I think it's just in the spirit of magic and friendship, we managed to find a power at the center of that. And that allows us to come together and practice together. So I feel like, honestly, it's like just having my, my sisters, like that's what they are to me. And they just also happen to be witches. So we all just happen to find ourselves doing spell work. Like me and Rhea Sage today, we're in the kitchen baking magical banana bread. It just happened. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and how did you meet them? Because I get this question all the time. or th- I get people inboxing me about how they need more witchy friends and they wish they had witchy friends. How did you connect with Riley and, and Rhea? Um, I would say that, first of all, it's kind of a little bit of a coincidental story. The universe definitely worked on this one and brought us together. But ultimately, I would say social media, um, just like you meeting Rhea, is what brought me and Rhea together first. So little quick story here. Um, I saw that a girl on Facebook sent me a friend request and her name was Rhea Sage. I thought, oh, how cool. My name is Sage. Like you don't meet a lot of sages out there. So I was like, you know, I'll just go ahead and accept it. And I mean, I'm one of those people like, I know a lot of people, but I got a hundred friends on Facebook. So the fact that I accepted mm-hmm. her was kind of like outstanding in itself. And then at that time I was working at a natural health food store and nice. a girl started working there and she was like super hippied out. She had her dreads. Like I could tell she was like, you know, she was very Italian, but very like just hippie, <laughs> hippie dippy witchy chick. And I thought, okay, like, I know what you're about. Like, I kind of was a little judgmental (laughs) at first because I was like, I was there once in life. Like, you probably like a lot of festivals and whatever. I got talking (laughs) with her one day. (laughs) Yeah, I got talking with her one day. She's Riley, uh, my other best friend. And we just realized we had so much in common. And then funny thing, Riley and Rhea Sage were talking and they realized that they both knew me and had met me at the same time. Um, so we just kind of all decided one night they called me, they're like, Hey, come out with us. And I was like, okay, sure. And that was like the first night of our friendship. I'll never forget it. In fact, um, yeah, (laughs) Riley just posted a picture not too long ago, like yesterday of us and we were all wearing black and she had on my Metallica shirt. Anyway, it was just the start of everything. It was very synchronistic what brought us together. So I think that, you know, you have to be willing to talk to people and to step outside your comfort zone. You have to be willing to strike up conversations and put judgments aside because you never know who's going to be your next best witch friend, you know? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you told us that you moved around and you lived in a lot of cool places. Where are some of the places that you lived? I know you live in Tennessee and um, Appalachia Mm -hmm. now, and I want to hear about that, but where are some of the places you lived? Well, most notably, because everything else was like small towns in between, most notably was Atlanta and Miami, which actually, because you're from that area, you know, I was from the um, Parkland, like Coral Springs, Miramar, Coconut Creek area. But for everyone else who doesn't know, we'll call it Miami. (laughs) Right. Oh, my goodness. And it's so cool. I'm like, how did she get from Miami to Tennessee? Because I'm now I'm driving to Tennessee. I'm like, I have to go visit. I have to go see the girls. And I have to go to all these witchy places that I see y'all at. in the spring and summertime so how did you end up in Appalachia um well um I was actually raised here so when I was four years old my parents before they got divorced had moved here and then my mom and me and my sisters all stayed here and then um I met my husband through one of my best friends up here and he was from here this is just where his family's from Then we got traveling, you know, he and I, we actually traveled together and lived in Atlanta, Miami, all these places together, but he has a house here. um, So 
naturally, of course, that means I got a house. So right, and <laughs> farmland. Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, the reason why we were traveling was for um, work, and that company ultimately um, it just closed down due to some business reasons. So we're like, where do we go? Um, home, and that brought us back to Appalachia. <laughs> so. And now you work at like with a funeral home or something. I know you got like multiple jobs. You got so many different jobs, but I yeah. also know that you were picking up a cadaver on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Please tell me about this job. What was going on there? How did you get into delivering dead bodies? Well, um, <laughs> the story itself of how I got the job is a little bit unmagnificent. You know, it's not like it was midnight and raining and I saw like this person struggling <laughs> to drag a coffin down the road and they passed on the torch or anything like that. So, <laughs> there's just um, a girl who worked at the greenhouse job that I also worked at and a family friend had told her about the job and she was telling us about it. I asked her, I was like, well, do they need any more people? That sounds fascinating. And it turns out they did. So I just wow. applied and got the job. Uh, my position is called the night call. And so this means that between hours of 4 PM and 8 AM, I will get calls and I will go to either residences, nursing homes, hospitals, uh, coroner's office, study facilities, and sometimes even emergency scenes to pick up the deceased. Um, and then wow. I just, yeah, I bring them back to the morgue and prepare them for either cremation or burial. You prepare them? Mm -hmm. You prepare the bodies? Now, I'm not an embalmer, so I don't get to do the embalming, but as far as like the washing, the tagging, um, the positioning, that sort of thing, yes. You actually have to go to school for a while to become an embalmer, but I might eventually do that. Wow. And how does it feel to be surrounded by death? Does that, like, does it influence your spiritual practice at all, your personal philosophy? And if so, how so? Well, honestly, I would, <laughs> this is something that's a little bit, um, like hard for people to understand. Like this to me is not a sad thing at all, but I've spent a lot of my life being like kind of morbidly fascinated with death. So all the thoughts that a person could already have about coming to terms with mortality, like I, I've already kind of arrived at that place, which is why I knew I could do this job. And it really, it kind of does not affect me every now and then I'll get, you know, like it'll, it'll twinge something a little bit feelings wise because I'm like, well, you know, look at this poor family. Like they, they lost their son and it's the holidays. So I might on a person level, um, be affected, but it's not necessarily the death that affects me, but the reactions of the living that can sometimes pull my heartstrings. And then as far as like with magic, um, I don't really feel like my practice necessarily, prepared me I mean I know it did in a way because I understand all kinds of forces um but we try to be just super professional about it and honestly it really I hate to say it but it really is like any other job you know you just go in you do it you get it done but the one thing magical it does affect um I brought home a couple of ghosts a few times <laughs> oh my goodness girl <laughs> yeah. and see I I already knew that I needed to be cleansing and I usually do I come home I'll take off the clothes all that I wore you know my suit and I'll smudge them with sage and I'll smudge myself and I'll take a, a ritual shower or bath and just like wash all that off me but sometimes I just take off the suit and throw it in the wash and just take a shower and don't sage and that's when I learned like I got to be diligent about that this is real my family yeah. knows they can handle it they don't like it all the time so <laughs> Yeah, I imagine on that level. That's amazing. That's amazing. I also I have a very um, 
light and optimistic philosophy about death and all of my views are very you know very I don't have any of the the heavy um or the scary things about death so I I feel it I'm with it so you may go to embalming school like what are you I wanted to know what your dreams and aspirations are like what goals you might be working towards professionally just because I'm I'm always curious about people's business and what kind of work they're um, wanting to do and how they want to serve their community or serve the world so what are some of your goals and aspirations well that is something that so I feel like there are two ways to go about this. Ideally, you can merge something that is going to make you money and be like, I call it like a real world kind of living. You can merge that with something that is your passion and brings you joy. Um, for me, embalming or being a mortician is not necessarily that thing. That to me would just be a real world job and it might be a step to a final path. So I might do it. I might not. Um, that one, I'm still kind of just waiting to see how it goes. You know, if the opportunity comes up and it looks right, I will. But um, <laughs> as an Aquarius, this is mm. not a short answer for me. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but ultimately, I do think I would feel fulfilled if I could um, somehow combine helping to make new discoveries and advancements in society while still preserving the past and also teaching people the importance of both of these things. Like that would keep me motivated. (laughs) That sounds incredible. That sounds like some type of a scientist or researcher, maybe a professor or something. That sounds amazing. Whatever it is, it's going to be incredible. I love it. I feel like you do a really great job of um, preserving the past and just demonstrating in your own life how important it is for sure. For sure. Um, Okay. So tell us three things about you that we don't know. (laughs) I'm excited about this because I'm like, I don't, I feel like I don't know very much of anything about (laughs) you. So anything that you want to share, I'm so open to it. Oh goodness. I mean, I'm sure there is a lot you know, but to me, maybe, maybe everybody already knows this. I feel like you probably already know this, but I'm a total metalhead and a total goth chick. You know? <laughs> I love history. I love light. I love helping people. I love compassion. Like I love all those things that you normally don't attribute to somebody who's into the things I'm into, but I mean, you know, black clothes, black lipstick, like that's life and metal. Yes. That's the faster and the more brutal. Like I just love it. <laughs> so <laughs> You're a metalhead. Yes, but I know you kind of already knew that. <laughs> I did. I actually did. But maybe I see that else. a lot at your yeah. I don't think I need to listen to more metal. Say again. I don't think necessarily everybody else maybe knew that though. It might be a shock for some people. Like, hold on, you're into what and you're leading a challenge <laughs> like this? But I mean, all right, it's all kinds, right? <laughs> there are levels to sage, guys. There are levels. There, okay, there are levels. And then so what are Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, so you're a metalhead, and then what else? Um, I really love any kind of work that allows me to do like hard, heavy labor and using power tools. I just love it. Feeling yes. <laughs> construction. I love doing construction. I did it for six years, and I would totally oh. do it again if like my body would let me. And let's see. When I go into nature, like this is my third thing. Like I turn into a creature. Okay. <laughs> like, what I, do you mean? <laughs> Like if I go down to the river, I don't feel like I've fully had the river experience unless I'm like covered in mud and just like soaked and have like jumped off of things. Or if I'm in the woods, like I just like love like 
picking where I lay, picking where I chill. If I get covered in mud, I don't care. Like you'll see me crawling hands and knees up this crazy steep hill because that's where I want to go. If I'm in a cave, I'm going to get through any part of that cave I want to go through because I become a creature. (laughs) Wow. I'm not like that at all. I'm like, oh, I don't want to break a nail. (laughs) I've been inside of a cave. Like I've slept in a cave before and I was so upset the whole time. (laughs) I've never slept in a cave, but I was in one hiking, well, spelunking for like 10 hours before. Whoa. (laughs) That would scare the shit out of me. I like all of, okay. So I was in this cave in, in, um, like in the mountains right outside of Las Vegas and more than one of my friends were like strung out on acid not strung out they were having an acid trip and this was like not the plan I was the only one who drove I didn't know that this was gonna happen I don't do drugs like that okay so I don't do that kind of shit if it didn't come out of the ground I probably ain't gonna do it so they're like out there tripping on acid and they're like trying to make me (laughs) climb into this dark, I mean, darker than you've ever seen. Well, maybe you've seen, but dark as shit cave. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Have you never met me? I'm super duper. I'm like a bougie hippie, but I'm more bougie than hippie. I'm not coming into no damn cave with y'all crazy ass acid tripping people. It was a really bad trip. It was awful. And you are so tripping. Trip, it was a bad right? trip. Oh my god. It was they were they were tripping and it was a bad trip. I'm like I'm not absolutely not. I've have I haven't gone anywhere with those friends since then. <laughs> not to judge though, as I sit here and drink my wine, I'm not you know I'm not judging and smoking my cigarettes. Okay, but yeah, I'm not about that life, Sage. <laughs> I'm not about that life. I can you know I do my spiritual bathroom. Huh? Upon a time, I might have been about that life, but no. Now I like to. I, I would say I'm slightly more bougie than I used to be, but only because I don't have health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> We're just gonna patch ourselves up with some fucking herbs. Yeah. And some some. So what is that called? Bone stitch or bone bone set. something? Some bone set. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna take some bone set. <laughs> Get some sticks and some fucking twine. And yeah, like, okay. I'll, I'll break my arm. Time to brew some tea. Like, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> Make a little compress. Drink some whiskey. <laughs> shit. For real, though. <laughs> Witches are crazy. Okay, so your favorite books. What are your favorite books to reread and reference? I imagine because I get this all the time too like what should I be reading where do I start I'm like go to the bookstore go to the library and literally pick up a book and read it I don't you know oh yeah well so what are your faves this one is a tough one so I'm gonna preface this question with a strange statement which is that I am a triple air sign girl you already know okay <laughs> triple air sign, that's not so strange at all <laughs> I mean, I'm like triple triple the airhead here okay so I forget <laughs> I forget things a lot. Like I don't necessarily compartmentalize information. So I've read so many good books and gotten so many good resources over the years, but because I do not physically have them anymore for the life of me, I can't remember what they are, but I'll give, I'll tell everybody a few. Um, And these books might not be for everybody, um, but to anyone who is interested in heathenism and especially like Norse folk magic, even if you don't want to practice it, if you just want to learn about it, um, the Ozatru Edda by the Norwina Society is really good. Um, my favorite reference for crystals and crystal magic is the Book of Stones by Naisha. Uh, 
I always say her name wrong. Ocean and Robert Simmons. Um, that book. Have you read it? The book of Stephen. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Now, is it the purple one? I, see, I don't know. If yeah, I the, right one. the pocket edition is the purple one. Usually, they have like four pictures on the outside of different types of colorful crystals. Um, the big book of stones is a blue one, and it's hundreds of pages. It is such a great resource. Mm. It talks about the chakra it aligns to. You know, the crystal will align to the element. Um, it goes into like the practical use, the scientific details, as well as the magical details. So I love it. Um, <laughs> going back oh to something you told me, um, earlier, not on the podcast about, you know, having book sources from people you don't expect. Um, I'm thinking one of these right. is Scott Cunningham. Cause I like Scott Cunningham. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. My sister reads his books. When I read his, are you talking about, um, his, what is it? He writes books about Wicca though, right? Yeah, he does, but he has one called earth power, which, the way he describes magic in it is just so very objective. It's not specific to Wicca, um, bit, but not necessarily. And that's, that's such a good resource, especially for like learning to connect your own power to the earth. So Scott, Scott Cunningham's earth power. I have to look into that. Cause I've not read anything by Scott Cunningham, which is hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> You've been practicing that's magic for over a decade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard to not read a Scott Cunningham. Every time you go to the metaphysical section, the the witch section, you're gonna see one of his books. That green one. I don't even know what it's called, but it's in my head. Like I, I can see the green book. Yes, I know the green one. It. I'm gonna look at right. it right now because it's just gonna bother me. <laughs> right. That book, you always see that one, which is. And then there's one I think is like a witch's life or something. There's one where he talks about the four elements. So earth, air, um, water, fire. Yes. He talks about those. Mm-hmm. I think that one's yellow. But it's very difficult to be on this path and not read anything by Scott Cunningham. I looked at his herb book one time and I didn't I, I didn't know how I felt about his, his uh, description of uses. But I did also see that he had a documentary from back in the day mm-hmm. about herbs, like him walking around in, <laughs> in yes. the woods talking about herbs. So I've that's a really that. cool thing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now I will say about him, like as with most authors, I mean, they are on their own gnosis, you know, their own path. So they're going to write about things that might not necessarily resonate with you and not everything he writes, most especially about herbs does not resonate with me, but his general and basic understanding about the way that magic works, um, that does resonate with me. And that's why I really like Earth Power. Um, as far as the other ones you're talking about, like his Book of Shadows, his Encyclopedia and Magical Herbs and Earth, Air, Fire, Water. I'm not a yes. fan of those, but just that one, Earth Power. Right. I might have to look into Earth Power. I might, because I, I feel like I have to read the Scott Cunningham. Like, come on, you know. All right. <laughs> So here's my last question. And then you can share whatever you want to share with us as well. Um, What advice would you give young aspiring witches, especially the ones that are just ones that might self-identify as baby witches, right? So Mm -hmm. the ones who are just coming into their magic or just discovering their magic or finally allowing themselves to pursue this interest in magic. Well, the first thing I want to say to those baby witches or we'll we'll just call them like new witches. I don't know. I don't feel like I want to call them baby witches because they might be fully grown. Hell, they might be 50, you know, and just kind of <laughs> what I do want to right. say. You have a community 
And it might not necessarily be the first witch you find. You might have to search for that community, but they are out there and that community loves you and wants you there. Um, so big advice. Search and write things down. Don't get so hung up on how other people do it and just spend all your time reading. You know, there has to be a healthy balance between doing your research and actually physically capturing it because to me, like you, you would rather look at your own handwriting in your own notebook when you're trying to reference something to write a spell than just straight up looking on the computer. Maybe not everyone, but I feel like that really helps you learn like when you're in school. Um, and then you really just need to practice things for yourself a lot. So don't get so hung up on researching it and making sure you're doing everything perfectly right. It's a practice. You're always going to learn to improve. Um, and you want to, you know, you want to evolve your practice. And while you're doing all this, you have to keep a sense of humor. You know, like when I told that story about like being in my literal broom closet when I was 12 years <laughs> old, <laughs> like, you got to have that sense of humor because if you're always so serious trying to do magic, first of all, you're going to limit yourself um, as far as what you can learn later down the road when you look back. But you might also become uninspired, you know, if you're not having fun with it. Right. And just don't decide what's right for you. You know, just because you feel like people are really resonating with something you're doing, but you suddenly start to feel like you're moving away from that, or you need to take on a new aspect of yourself. Like maybe you identified as a wicked witch and realize that you're not feeling that anymore. You know, maybe you even decide you want to turn to Christianity and still practice witchcraft. That's okay. Don't let stigmas or people's opinions hold you back. If you're going to really, truly come into your power, you have to allow yourself to evolve the way that feels right, but keep your magic while you do it. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Yes. One of my favorite witches is a Christian witch. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't even know you could be a Christian witch, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for coming on Sage. That was an amazing, amazing show. And I can't wait for people to listen to it. I do want um, everyone to know that Sage is leading us in our wholeness challenge magic this month of January so make sure you follow the hashtag wholeness challenge magic m-a-g-i-c and make sure you show us pictures like tag us in pictures and videos of you um, reclaiming your total wellness whether it's meditating or actually practicing your craft or going to the gym we don't care what it is just as long as you're taking excellent care of yourself check out the uh, website I'm gonna leave uh, the website in the notes for this podcast on Anchor FM so make sure you check out the beautiful website that Sage has created for us and Sage thank you so much thank you for your help and your service and your openness (laughs) you're so warm and wonderful I just love you so much I'm just so glad that we're doing this together. And it's really a privilege, you know, to find someone who's just as passionate and motivated about these things as I am. So I'm just, I'm more than happy to do it. Like, girl, you are inspiring me. So yes, I hope everyone joins this challenge and I'm happy to have been invited here. So thank you so much, Ayudeli. Thank you. All right, everybody. Join us next week. I don't know who we're going to have on. Just join us. I love you guys. (laughs) I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.